0: And welcome to the seattle coffee Gear podcast i'm your host pat and joining me this episode is maria from Urnex. how's it going maria
1: doing great happy friday to you pat
0: yeah i'm excited we're uh we're recording this going into memorial day weekend so i am looking forward to uh to a three-day weekend <laughs> <laughs> good times. So today we're going to be chatting about all kinds of different um cleaning and maintenance type stuff. Um if you're not familiar with Ernex, they're uh a brand that does a variety of different cleaning products. We have several videos on the channel. I think we have a bunch of new content coming soon around Ernex products. Just a really wide range of great um like descalers and cleaners and grinder cleaners. So um we tapped Maria to to chat about um, the process of maintaining and cleaning your various pieces of equipment. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here as well. Um, I actually was just doing the math. Urnex um, has been in business for 85 years. That's we, awesome. We very much pioneered the category of cleaning coffee brewers back in the 1930s. They were called urns. And so therefore that's, that's where, that's where the name comes from. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Um, I think it can, is you can hear like oh coffee cleaning coffee machine maintenance and cleaning and it sounds like it might be kind of a boring subject but it's actually in my opinion when it comes to like the way that cleaning products work for coffee equipment in particular it's kind of like the most interesting of all the different sort of kitchen appliances and stuff that you might find um, the maintenance process and the cleaning process and the way that the cleaners work is kind of the most interesting to me when it comes to coffee as opposed to like cleaning your oven or something
1: (laughs) right yeah you just spray on wipe off um yeah certainly if, if, if you think about the different categories and way to brew you know ways to brew your coffee you've got filter coffee machines you've got pour overs with kettles you have an espresso machine you know a conventional one or a super automatic um we have specific Form factors or uh, ways of cleaning you know, or even a Chemex of all these different pieces right. of equipment to make it as easy as humanly possible. Because one of the things that, that we've recognized from the home consumer over the years is that folks don't even they don't even know that, that maybe they should clean their coffee machine. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or that they should use products other than just like soap and water too. Um, which is so, you know, kind of on that note, the, I was hoping the first thing we could do is kind of run through different cleaning and maintenance processes that you would have for different machines, um, just to get started.
1: Certainly. Yeah. I think one of the things that you bring up is, you know, soap and water or what have you, we've actually, um, years ago did did a little bit of a test on a french press right and um and we um which is typically glass and um we would make the french press rinse it out and maybe use a little bit of soap and water in it and then you it looks clean you put it up to the sunlight and it looks clean but then if you took a paper towel and wiped inside You would then see a little sheen of coffee oil. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if you're thinking about your carafe on your, your drip coffee brewer or even the brew basket, what's happening there over time when you're brewing coffee is that you have the deposit of sediment and then coffee oils. And also the darker a coffee is roasted, the more coffee oils will come to the surface. And then it fix themselves either to the glass or to the stainless steel. And that does not come off um, with soap and water. Right. You know, you need to have some specific surfactants, um, which are, you know, those are different component, uh, components um, that were basically they reduce the surface tension of the liquid. You know, and they adhere themselves. You know, basically separating the oils and the water, and putting them putting that into solution so it can be washed away. So, with your, you know, so for example, to clean then your, you know, your carafe on your brewer, you're going to want either, a, you know, a liquid or a powder. And we we have you know both form factors, right? Because some folks don't want to have to um, uh, dissolve the powder in hot water. Um, but th- those coming in contact with those coffee oils then allow them to um, to wash away. And why do you want to do that? The reason being is those go rancid. Okay, right. you know, just like a nice olive oil, you're not going to leave it on your counter in direct sunlight, open to oxygen. That is what's happening to those coffee oils. Those are going rancid, and then tainting the flavor then of your coffee.
0: Right. And that can happen, you know, to your point with, you know, even things like a French press or a Chemex that can happen in the carafe for your drip brewer. It can happen in your French press or your Chemex, and it may not even be something you can see clearly, um, Mm -hmm. but it can still be affecting the taste of that of your coffee, even if you're even if it's in the kettle that you're brewing. um, Obviously, you're not going to have coffee oil necessarily in your pour over kettle, but Mm -hmm. even just if you're letting water sit or something and it causes mineral buildup um, from the mineral content of the water over time. Mm All of this stuff imparts flavors into the coffee. And if you're in a coffee enthusiast, you are trying to eliminate those things because you want to get the purest flavor from the coffee itself without anything after the fact imparting any flavor on it. So, yeah. So it's important to do whether you're using, like you say, like a super auto or a conventional espresso machine or even all the way down to like a Chemex or a French press.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and the other thing, too, you know, if you're going back to that, that, French press the oils will adhere themselves to that to that mesh um, or if you've got a you know if you're using not a um, paper filters in in your coffee brewer but a, a uh, you know a gold mesh or what have you it's important that then you soak that as well um, to get those oils out and that's one of the things that I think household users don't necessarily think about they think oh I'm gonna just Clean, quote unquote, clean my machine. And oftentimes they're getting confused between descaling or bringing out the lime scale inside the tank or on the heating element versus the coffee oils, okay? And so those are two two different Absolutely. things that you're going to yeah. want to be doing to maintain that brewer. Um, and then when we're, so if we're talking about, um, so just staying on a, on, a, on a filter coffee machine. Sure. Um, you know, be it a, you know, Breville or, or, you know, whatever, what you. What, yeah. mm. you, you you name it, my, my Bonavita that's, you know, going yeah. strong mm-hmm. eight years. <laughs> uh, right. um So descaling is the deposits of, of, uh, you know, uh, calcium or magnesium that are found in your water that are then, because you're then heating the water up and then it cools down, those will adhere to the, um, you know the inside, uh, the the pipes, the the little you know tubes inside. But also the worst thing that can be happening is it can adhere itself to your heating element. Mm-hmm. And if you're spending two and a half, 250 dollars on a you know a, a SCA certified machine that's going to get the water to two hundred degrees, but then it is it's covered in scale. that is not going to be able to get to temperature anymore. So over time, you're not going to be extracting all those yummy flavors out of the coffee because the water's not hot enough.
0: Right. Yeah. And if you ever look at, (laughs) we get from our maintenance department, we see this sometimes when they take apart machines. If you don't keep your brewer descaled, if you were to ever look inside at what that buildup looks like, it's not pretty also. And I can, promise you that you're not going to want your (laughs) your your water that you're using to brew your coffee run through that gunk even if it's you know not as gross as not necessarily like molding or whatever but it's still it's, it's not it's not pretty
1: yeah it's it's you know it's like you're inside a um you know, uh, you see stalactites. And yes, stalactites. Exactly. It's, 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 if you're into crystals, right. That's one thing, but, uh,
0: yeah, if you want and, crystal filtered water. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But, uh, but yeah, I actually ha- have one that was chunked out of a machine. I'm thinking about making a, a necklace out of it, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I mean, th- that's, that's the issue is that, um, you know, what, what? some of my friends say to me, well, how often should I descale my machine? You know, it's always then a factor of, well, what's your water like? I mean, yeah. I live in San Francisco and, and, and our Hetch Hetchy water is, is really quite um, devoid of mineral content. But I was absolutely amazed the last time I descaled my machine, I, I actually have a, um, a clear water tank. And each time it was, you know, sucking the water down and it was heating up, I saw these little white particles billow up and it was like, you know, it was cool. So one of the things I say to folks is, you know, if there's, you know, if you've got, you know, white um, uh, buildup on your spray head in your shower, hmm, okay, I bet you've got some Get got some hard water. Yep. You may want to um, then be considering descaling your machine. Maybe you know every other month. Right. Um, you know uh, it, it, if your water's great, maybe four times a year. Um, but but in those those areas that have have very very hard water, um, that's something you're going to want to keep ahead of. And as you said, you know, to why do you want to do it, you want to avoid sending your machine into having it refurbished. Right. Well. <laughs>
0: And I think it's also I we get a lot of people who want to go the like well I don't have to worry about descaling if I just use distilled water kind of route or if I just used um like if I filter out all the minerals ahead of time then I don't have to descale but the thing is part of coffee, I mean, you still want minerals in the water yeah. in order to, to, to brew the coffee appropriately correctly and to, and to make sure that the, that there's full flavor in the coffee because minerals are an important part of, of the comp, the chemical composition of the water that you're brewing with. So, um, yeah. there certainly are, you know, Companies like third wave make their, their water packets. There's like scientifically ideal, uh, water for, for brewing coffee, but using distilled Mm -hmm. water is not the solution. And in a lot of brewers, you know, we'll talk about super automatics and, and, um, and other espresso machines soon, but, um, some brewers just won't work if you use distilled water anyway, because there needs to be mineral content in the water for the sensor that senses the, how much water is in there to even trip. Um, right.
1: So, yeah, and it's going to be flat. It'll be flat. The flavor, absolutely. You know, it, yeah, your total dissolved solids of your coffee don't have anything to to latch onto.
0: And and really, you know, like you said with Ernex's products, like. It's not that hard to descale a machine. It's generally kind of set it and forget it. You kind of right. mix up the solution and run it through, and then run a couple awesome. pots of hot water through it. It's it's a pretty passive process, and it takes maybe an hour at the most yeah. if of and checking it every twenty minutes.
1: Right. And some of the reasons that you may that you know you would want to consider Urnex um, uh, or or other, um, commercial descalers be it citric acid based, or, you know, we've done extensive testing for materials compatibility for your your different machines to to make sure that it's not going to adversely affect the machine and the reason um for you know, perhaps not using vinegar is that's a pretty weak acid and additionally then um sometimes there's porous um plastics that or then it's going to put some off flavors on you know on your
0: brewer as well yeah and the vi- that's a big one is the flavor thing for me the first time i descaled um my Bonavita, i used vinegar and it's because i was still learning a lot about how to actually take care of machines i was pretty Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about coffee about like the beans themselves and and brewing and drinking coffee but i i hadn't really maintained my own machine um Mm -hmm. and it's it really can be tough depending on your brewer to get all of that vinegar flavor out um Mm -hmm. and and smell too the other big thing is the smell. I mean, it took me probably 10 or 15 cycles of running water through it to feel like it was back to a place where the coffee was not going to have that flavor imparted. So I think that's yeah. one reason. And I mean, also I, I don't have, I'm looking it up right now because I want to, um, the other thing is it's not expensive to buy <laughs> particularly our next products, but generally like coffee cleaning products are not that expensive. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're looking at a couple dollars per clean or per yeah. descaling, and particularly if you know if you're investing, um, yeah, as I said, several hundred dollars just on a, on a filtered coffee machine, and you know, and then you spend you know and you know another hundred and change on your fancy grinder, um, uh, you know burr grinder. It's it, you know, and then let's not even mention okay you know you're investing quite a bit of money you know 20 dollars a pound 22 dollars a pound on the coffee right. let's give the coffee its ability to sing i like to say that i i block and tackle for my friends that are coffee producers and roasters that pour all their love into to, yeah. you know delivering you this this you know lovely product and you know helping us get it to the end line right
0: right <laughs> yeah and I, I think it's pretty it's 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 definitely worth it and if you're buying uh, it's it's not even that much more expensive than buying v- vinegar, really. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, the price is not that different. Um, right. So yeah. it, it's it's really pretty easy to do. Um, yeah. And uh, and so let's talk a little bit about then uh, espresso machines because mm-hmm. it's kind of a different, similar concepts at play. But mm-hmm. kind of a different animal because there's it's just more complicated. There's more parts in there that sure. need the cleaning.
1: Okay, yeah. So okay, so let's first talk about what you know is a conventional machine, right? So the conventional being um, having a porta filter, which is a portable filter, the one that goes in your hand, right? Mm-hmm. The lever. Um, and you know, and you've got parts in there, um, you've got, um, and then also that portafilter goes up into the group head with the dispersion screen, right? Yep. That, that, um, has, that helps to get the water then filtered, uh, or pushed through the ground. Okay. So think about it. it's at nine bars of pressure in, in brewing your coffee. So those coffee oils and the sediment just get you know, just compacted into the portafilter and then also adhere themselves because it's the oily nature of espresso to the dispersion screen. So we have both powder form factor and then tablets as well to um, insert into the blind portafilter um, insert to then um, put those powders or the tablets into a, a really foamy solution, right? So, Kefiza is, is, um, is our, our branded product, um, uh, in the jar. Um, and then also t- we have different tablet sizes as well. So, that is really, It's a really foamy detergent and why that is necessary. Is so that it, it when you're when you're back flushing, you know several times. Usually, um, put um, two to three grams into the um, into the blind insert, and then insert it into the brew group, and then engage the pump. And so what you're doing is, is you're then shoving the water down and then it's going back all the way to the three-way valve. Right. You're then you can have it on for 10 seconds and turn it off. And you do it, do it several times and then rinse. The reason you need that really foamy stuff so it, it adheres and it has the time to completely saturate those coffee oils, bring them into solution so that then they can be cleaned away. Yep. Okay. Um the the other thing as well is is taking apart the portafilter so that then you can clean the basket. And then also the oils will then adhere themselves to the bod- right. bottom of that is, as well. And so that's something that I think that um, that home users should should be remembering is to to soak those parts as yep. well.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you know, in addition to back flushing, which um, I don't know, what is your the what you tell home users in terms of how frequently that you back Because in a commercial setting, you're going to back flush at least daily, depending <laughs> on your volume. You might do it more than once a day. You might take a break middle yeah. i worked at a at a cafe where we actually would do it after the lunch rush um yeah because we would have a ton of traffic morning and lunch and then we would do it again mm-hmm. at the end of the day but for yeah. a home user what would you t- tell well, people for
1: a home user uh, um it, you know if you're making one coffee for yourself every day that's not a lot of use you really should um at least you know rinse out the the screen um and um Perhaps even, um, you know, just give it a quick back flush just with water, right, quickly. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, so I would do at minimum once a week. Cool. At, you know, I would say at minimum once a week. But, you know, say you're making coffee for your entire family. You're making 10 drinks a day or, you know, you, you, you hit the machine, a couple, you know, a couple times a day. You might want to do it a couple times a week. We do actually make a, a product called Cafe Sprays. Which is um, all um, natural, plant-based product, and it's a spray product that some folks will use it as a mid, you know, commercially as a midday um, quick backflush. They'll just spray it onto the um, to the dispersion screen and then uh, do a quick backflush with that product. Um, and so that's something that, that folks can think about. Um, if they don't want to do the full Monty back flushing. Sure. um, then also this cafe sprays, if, if you've never seen it, it does wonders on the oily, uh, buildup that gets on your, um, bean hoppers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. So in addition to back flushing, um, the, the other thing that is kind of, you have to descale your espresso machine as well.
1: Yeah, your boiler. Mm-hmm.
0: Some machines like E61 group heads, we really advise people to do with a technician because you can do damage to the group head itself if you are descaling uh at home. So, if you're listening to this, just keep that. And I don't know, maybe you haven't had seen the same thing, Maria, but like, we just reach out to someone to kind of get some guidance on the best way to descale your E61 machine. But for a lot of things like, um, as far as I know, things like Breville machines, if you've got a Breville machine or, uh, or, or like a Ranchilio machine at home, those are things you can do a lot of that work yourself on. Um, just like if it was a drip brewer.
1: (laughs) Pretty straightforward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now then something that's also overlooked, um, for, the conventional espresso equipment is the steam wand, right? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. that was my and, next question. And, and, okay, yeah, and, and okay, so you're steaming milk, and um, then you're done. Oftentimes, um, I think folks at home don't know about blasting out the wand after steaming. They might actually have have sucked some milk up into the right. wand unknowingly. Okay. Um, and, and so it's super important to, to blast that out. And of course, wipe it down every time, right? Because there's could be bacterial growth, you know, on the wand or actually inside. And so, um, we do have our, our Rinsa product. Um, and the, the formulation that I recommend for steam wands for conventional steam wands is actually our little tablets. We have a four gram Rinza tablet. That is our acid formula. And what you're up against with uh, your conventional steam wands is then the, the mineral content of the milk, right? That makes your bones nice and strong and calcium mm-hmm. that could adhere itself to the inside of the wand. So if over time at home, you're finding like this... I'm not getting the right steam pressure yeah, here. Yeah. Well, guess what's probably happening? You probably it's clogged with milk in there, mm-hmm. and I'll be darned. You know, um, soaking soaking it in a in a rinsa bath there um, could could do wonders. So that's something to to think about before sending it in or having you know calling yeah, a technician. Yeah,
0: yeah, and definitely. I mean, even if you do purge your steam wand, which you should do, that that doesn't eliminate the need for. This cleaning, like doing uh, cleaning runs on your on your uh, conventional steam wand, um, and if you think mineral buildup in something is gross, uh, I mean, I could tell you horror stories about what I've seen <laughs> growing inside of steam wands, um,
1: yeah. even
0: when people claim that they're purging. I, I mean, oh, milk yeah. is milk is a delicious part of espresso. It can also be. <laughs> very disgusting yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah. that's a that's something you're not going to want to neglect uh for sure yeah, yeah, and um, yeah i mean th-
1: there are those single boilers that the milk can crawl all the way into that totally boiler, yeah right.
0: yeah yep yep <clears throat> yep um yeah. and it's and it gets bad and it can i mean ultimately when something like that happens you're looking at like if it gets all the way into your boiler you can have problems throughout the machine at that point i mean that's kind of like the the nerve center where water is getting sent from all over the place to all over the place from there so um you can get to a position, situation where like it's not even salvageable if you're really not cleaning it at all um yeah. and and so don't want to do that um the so w- the differences between uh, a conventional espresso machine and a super auto to me in terms of cleaning, is like one of the most interesting things on the subject, I mm-hmm. think for me, yeah. because of the ways, I mean, super autos are similar in a lot of ways, but there's so many, the way they guide you through the process of cleaning the machine is really interesting to me. Um, and I think you guys have some specific stuff for super autos too. For cleaning. Should, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. We certainly do. Um, we've, you'd be surprised, you know, we, you know, we do OEM work for the vast majority of, of um, uh, equipment vendors. And so the tablets the, that clean the brew group are essential to use the right size tablet because they come in different weights from, you know, half a gram all the way to, you know, three grams in size, shape, dimension. And so that's something that is very, very important that um, that you are on your super autos is cleaning those, those, um, espresso brew groups with the right size tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because the, as you said, it's walking you through the the process and there's a certain dose of water that the, the engineers have programmed to clean their size tablet. Right. Um, and, or, or, you know, or, you know, creating enough solution to clean it as well. And, and, yeah. and then additionally then for the, what I call a, a one step super automatic espresso machine. So in, in the world of super automatics, you have a two step, which, which means, First, you're pushing a button and it's pulling a shot of espresso. And then the secondary step in the one two-step is you're steaming the milk. And then it has a probe that tells the machine, okay, it's at 160 degrees. Let me turn off. So that would be a two-step automatic. Mm-hmm. Those steam ones are also super important to clean because of that temperature probe. If that is is got milk caked on, it's not going to be able to tell the uh, the control board when to to turn off at the proper temperature. Right. Um, and so there, I do strongly recommend then that that acid tablet or our acid based liquid as well. Now for a one step super automatic espresso machine, meaning it's so exciting. You push a button and it's going to pull a shot of espresso for you. It's going to foam the milk for you. It's going to dispense it for you. Wow. Um, Then um, we do um, have an alkaline formula of our espresso machine cleaners uh, or um, milk cleaners, rather. That's the alkaline um, RINZA product that then it, it goes after the fats and the proteins that are in the milk right to help break those down
0: um yeah and i think it's important to note that you might have um you know i have a, a mila at home right now that tells you when to do everything um mm-hmm. and when to clean you know i actually have to descale it today um mm-hmm. but it tells you when to descale it tells you when to clean it tells you when to pull the brew group out and clean it tells you when to 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 clean the milk system all that stuff um However, there are machines that maybe use like, say, a Panarello wand that don't have a complex. It might have a little light that comes on to tell you to descale or to clean, but it might not have something to tell you to clean the milk system. It's really important to do that still, even if you don't have a super fancy super auto that guides you through every single cleaning process. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely don't neglect that. Um, If you if you have one of those machines, I think, for example, like the Carina that we sell. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic really affordable really great value for the machine but you do need to stay on top of some of the cleaning and maintenance stuff um, and make sure yeah. you're you're following guidelines found in the manual but also it never hurts depending on use to go the extra mile and just kind of do some extra cleaning here and there um, yeah it's not that I, I would
1: just put it on you know just put it on your calendar you know or or say you get a you know monthly shipment of coffee from from Seattle coffee gear or your favorite roaster right when you get your new coffee clean your machine yep right yep <laughs> like, it's like thinking about you're, you're doing right by your coffee.
0: And the other thing that we, it's less of a specific product that you would use for it, but I wanted to touch on it because we hear about it from customers sometimes. And it's like, well, it's kind of a dumb moment, but just if you aren't thinking about it, your drip tray, whether it's on your um, a conventional or super auto machine, you do need to clean that. It doesn't, you can't just like dump it and be done. We've had customers who will say like you know oh this machine is bad because the drip tray gets moldy and it's like well <laughs> it's a it's a dark cold space under the or cool space under the machine where there's water standing <laughs> yeah. you do have to wipe it down and can clean it a little bit from time to time a lot right. of the stuff uh, at least for like super autos um and, and some some um conventional machines you can just run it through the dishwasher too if you have a dishwasher so just keep yeah. keep an eye on that and, and clean your waste bins and your drip trays uh, with more than just dumping them. Um, otherwise, they will get gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no shame in it. I have I've a friend who sent me a, a video of her grinder making this wee noise the other day. Like, what do I do with it? I said, well, you know, just send it back to Barazzo. they'll brief they'll build rebuild it for you and, and send it back I, I could do that part myself but it you know it took me yeah it's, it's easy to do it took me an hour but i but her hopper just looked like scary and yeah so I'm, I'm gonna do it i'm gonna do a house call this weekend and bring <laughs> some stuff just to, to soak the hopper to get the, yeah. the, the french french roast oils out of it anyhow well, and that's there's kind of shame.
0: no no i mean it's uh it's 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 easy to make an honest mistake but with with Um, missing a certain kind of maintenance, but there's no time like the present to to pick it up and and, uh, and recover. That's, uh, that was the, the last one of the sort of specific maintenance questions that I wanted to get into is, and sort of segueing from super autos because they have grinders built in as well. Um, mm-hmm. but grinder maintenance is really is kind of the last piece of this puzzle from, you know, between your, um, cleaning your, your group head and, and back flushing descaling your machine, cleaning your milk system, but you also have to keep the grinder clean too, because that's another part of the process.
1: You got it. Right. Um, Yes, so you've got burr grinders, and and of course, inside your super automatic espresso machine, there's just a, a mini burr grinder inside. Um, so we actually developed a new formulation of our grinder cleaner a couple of years ago called Super Grinds, specifically mm-hmm. for those super automatics. And we we needed that special formulation because our original formula is hydro um Filic, meaning it'll puff up in the, in, right. you know, with moisture. And so yeah. it would clog machines. So, um, so be careful there. But um, you had asked me a question earlier, um, prepping for our, our call, what is my favorite thing to clean or what's a favorite process? Sure. Actually, I love to show, you know, my friends and family or even, you know, a wholesale customers cleaning your grinder because they don't typically realize how much oil and 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 small uh, fines become trapped in the burr set, and um, and actually we we co-developed this product about ten years ago with Malconig, and um, because they were finding over time the heat of the burrs was was reducing the the life of them because of of then the oils in the burr set, and they go rancid, right? Okay, right. so you know, and particularly the the oilier your coffee, the more often you should be cleaning that grinder, but it's as simple. I mean, they're shaped like little coffee beans. You know, you, you put 35 grams in your espresso grinder, you grind it up and you see, you know, it's, it's, all it is is pharmaceutical grade binders and cereals, right. That, that clean out those oils. But what it does is it pulls those oils out. It pulls the fines out and then you purge it with the same amount of, um, of coffee, rice should never be used. No starches (laughs) in rice are like glue. And I would say, it's worse than not cleaning your grinder. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. We hear that from that. Some people try to use different materials and it's just not worth it. The only thing that you should put through your coffee grinder is coffee and and a product like grinds um, for sure. And um, you can also disassemble your grinder and do some cleaning, but I think it's actually worthwhile to do both because like you're saying, there's specific elements to grinds that will pull oils out um, that, you know, even if you do sort of soak the burrs or whatever, I mean, it's such, such a, it's kind of a pain to, to do that. And, um, you're not always going to be able to take like the bottom burr of your grinder out either. Right. Um, yeah. so, uh, I think it's a good idea to open it up and to take the topper out and, and brush it down and stuff. But, um, but using something like grinds is important too. And uh, when it comes to a super auto grinder, we have pretty historically just told people not to use darker roast oily beans. Um, mm because there is no way to open the grinder typically. Um, I, I, I'm not, I, none of the superars that we carry anyway are, are things where you can access the grinder because of the way that they're built. It's, it's not a scam or anything. It's just <laughs> when you're talking about such a tightly compacted machine, um, there's not a good way to give you access to the grinder for cleaning. So we've always told people, you know, just don't use oily beans, but, um, With super grinds, it's part of the reason that it's a cool product is because you can – I don't want to give people – I don't want to tell you go crazy, use your favorite mega oily dark roast (laughs) every day in it because you still need to be careful and – but it gives you the ability to say, okay – I put in some medium dark beans. They had a little sheen on it. I'm not going to panic. You can run some super grinds through. And generally, you're going to be OK. And you're not going to, to have it ruined. Because manufacturers will tell you, sorry, the warranty is voided if, you've, if we find that the grinder seized because of too much coffee oil. Um, mm-hmm. And they can tell if it's because there's been oily beans in there or yeah. if it's because it's just been in use for a long time.
1: Yeah. And if somebody in your family, that's their jam, then this is a, a way to do it. Yeah. Um, One thing I was thinking about is, um, you know, maybe folks are listening and they're like, wow, I've never cleaned my machine before. Where where do I start? Um, I would say that there's four fundamentals of cleaning, right? Is it the form factor, right? What is the solution that you're using? How hot is the water? How long is the contact time and how much you want to scrub? Of course, nobody likes to scrub. So let's take out like agitation, right? So if your machine's never been cleaned or you're, you know, your it's the hotter, the water, the better. So you're always going to want to use like, you know, the water from the brewer. Right. And then if, and then also, if it hasn't been done in a long time, double up, you know, the dose of the cleaner
0: right? that you're
1: soaking in. Right. And then maybe you're going to have to use a little elbow grease, but yeah, but always, always the hottest water. That's always my recommendation.
0: Absolutely. So, um, that's a lot of, of cleaning specific content before I let you go. I wanted to, um, touch a little bit on, uh, sort of, I don't want to say more fun stuff because I've enjoyed this conversation quite a lot, but, um, (laughs) but are there, is there any, um, specific coffee that you've been enjoying recently from anywhere? Wide world of coffee,
1: wide world of coffee. Well, Right. I, you know, I'm used to traveling and seeing roasters and operators all the time. And I've been on lockdown for 15 months. So I finally got all vaccinated and I went out, um, I drove from San Francisco up to Seattle and, um, Paul Thornton from, uh, Thornton family, uh, roasters mm-hmm. had an amazing, um, Ethiopia guji, um, that was just really perfectly roasted. And, um, I, I really, um, love that one. Um, and then last week I was in Denver, visited a whole slew of, of, of folks, um, but was, had never tasted a, a coffee from Zambia before. Ah, and, I don't think I, and I Yeah. So I was uh, visiting with Craig from Pablo's coffee and I guess that, um, that Olam has been working in Zambia for over 15 years, but, um, but they're based in Singapore. So most of the coffees went to Asia and he was finally able to convince his, his, uh, his buyer, you know, his, um, you know, sales partner over there at Olam to get him a couple bags of it. So it's a Zambian natural, um, anaerobic processed coffee. Mm. It's it's super yummy. Um, nice, berry fruit, um, and, but when I, yeah, there, there's that. And then the last one is I'm probably going to butcher the process, but I had a sip of it the other day. It's an anoxic natural huh. from little owl, which I then of course had to ask cause I've never heard of said anoxic. Natural. Yeah. I haven't
0: either. And I'm and up what, on this stuff usually. <laughs>
1: I know. So what this is, and it's a, um, from Pereira, um, Colombia Okay. Um, and it, what they're doing is they pick the ripe red cherry, and then the fruit is dried in an, in an atmosphere devoid of oxygen. So it's not put on a raised African bed, um, you know, a raised bed in the sun. It is then dried in, a, in an oxygen-free environment. Who knew?
0: Cool. Yeah, those yeah. processes – I only just got educated on anaerobic processing like a c- few months ago. Those processes are fascinating because it's just – it's such an interesting uh, leveler for mm-hmm. producers that can't necessarily afford really expensive washing equipment to be able to kind of and, – and also – If the coffee quality, if the grown coffee isn't quite at the level of um, development that you would get out of like a super high altitude coffee, sometimes those oxygen devoid processes can actually elevate a coffee to the kind of flavor profile that you would get out of a higher elevation coffee. It's really fascinating. Um, yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see how it's creating a much wider playing field for specialty coffees in regions that maybe before you would have thought of, ah, just grow robustas for instant coffee or something. Um, some of those coffees are getting really hot now <laughs> and right. it's
1: cool. Yeah. And it's, and it's just interesting, right? It's just the experimentation that continues in, 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 especially coffee is just, it's fun. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's all good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I had a, um, a Ladro this week, uh, that's from the DRC, their DRC Mungano, um, really good by the time if you're hearing this it'll probably be available everywhere I think Cloudro has it now and we're getting it in shortly Um, highly recommend that one too uh, if if anyone listening is looking or if you're looking for uh, for another another one to try Um, the the last question that I have for you is one of my favorite ones which is what's your favorite way to brew a coffee
1: I am so straightforward I either uh, do a clever dripper these days cause I'm, mm-hmm. cause I'm in a little lazy phase. Um, I was, you know, doing, um, pour overs on, you know, all different shapes and sizes of, of, of drippers. Um, you know, I've, I've, friends who, who, um, will give me different ones, um, now and again. Um, but I actually have a, a cool, um, scale that I scored at a at a trade show in Brazil a couple of years ago because they were hosting the world Brewers Cup championship mm-hmm. and the competitor from China um, uh, who I knew from my friend uh, Holly Baston who was coaching her had this this um, um uh, scale. And what it is, it's got, it's got, it it weighs the water going over the grounds and then it separately weighs than the water in the vessel that you're brewing into. So it does the math for you. That's awesome. You can be like totally asleep, pour your coffee in, and you're like, oh, I want to do a 15 to one ratio. Oh, I want to do a 13. And it it does the math. So that's um, awesome. I feel feel pretty fortunate.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We, it seems like every time I love asking that question because um, some people I've gotten, you know, oh, I need to, I'll dial in a very expertly crafted ristretto or something like I, there's, I've certainly seen, uh, gotten answers from other coffee professionals that are on the more like, um, complex or or cafe side but i know like my favorite way to drink coffee it's like a really good uh commercial drip brewer like a curtis or or a fetco or something um and that either pour over or drip tends to be the way that a lot of professionals like to drink it and i think that's that's interesting um and i think it's because it just gives you the, the 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 purest sort of flavor of the coffee if you do it that way.
1: Yeah, and it's also it's consistent.
0: Yep. Right? Yep. It's, exactly. I like
1: consistency. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well,
0: um, was there any other stuff that you wanted to hit on before I let you go?
1: I, I think we've covered covered the most of it, but cool. I just want to encourage um, you know, the listeners that Um, This is my role is to help you at home or at work, make your coffee taste great. And so, um, so certainly um, you can reach out um, via our friends at Seattle Coffee Gear. If you've ever got a technical question with regards to, you know, how to best take care of your gear, that is, that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. Um, I'm here to help.
0: Yeah. And that's one of our favorite things is, you know, we have such a fantastic set of resources with people like you and and um, and folks across different manufacturers. So if anyone ever does have questions, even if they're not for this show, uh, if they're just generally, we usually can direct them to the right people and because, you know, the whole industry is actually people, even though it might look like just <laughs> companies from the, the consumer side of there. There are people everywhere actually answering these questions. So um, thank you so much for joining us, Maria. And uh, thank you for listening. If you're out there listening uh, to this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear podcast. <laughs> If you have a question that you'd like to hear read right on the podcast, please feel free to drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. If you have any questions for Maria, I can uh, certainly um, try to track you down and, <laughs> and and get them over to you. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know and review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend. And uh, for all of your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. And that includes uh cool products from Ernex. I just did a video about um the BioCalf line recently that if it's not up already it will be soon. So um we've got all kinds of that info there. Thank you so Wonderful. much.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah.